My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fanhole spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike. I'm going to be your uh, Energon-infused host tonight, and uh, who also has the spark of combination? Help me! I'll fuck you! Hey, what's up? This is Derek. And this is Justin, now in hyper mode. Hyper mode! What is this stuff anyway? Don't know, but it didn't affect us. Wait, you don't think... It's the awesome power of energy. Amazing. We're uh, embarking on another kind of mini series of uh, TF Tuesdays. Uh, this is kind of a sequel mini series to uh, the uh, um, the ones we did on the Dreamwave Armada comic. We're going to go through the Dreamwave Energon comic, which is ironically the same comic as the Armada comic. They just, you know, kept going with the numbering from issue 18 of Armada into issue 19 of Energon. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, it was intended to go for another 18 issues, but Dreamwave collapsed before then. So uh, only, I think, 12 issues actually were released. And, uh, yeah, we're going to split it up into two shows and uh, review the first six issues and then the second six issues. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much. I guess the same history applies from, like, the Armada comic. I mean, I was still buying this off the shelf. Like, uh, I, I assume you were too, Derek, right? Yeah, yeah, I was buying this off the shelf. But, but Justin, this is your first time reading these, right? Um. Yeah, I was kind of burn stealing random issues off the shelf. Like, um, one of the issues here has a really great Galvatron cover, and I remember like that caught my eye because you guys know me, I love Galvatron. I specifically remember looking at that one. But yeah, like I don't, you know, it was just a thing for me to flip through while I was kind of killing time at the comic book store or chatting with the owner or whatever. I would just kind of burn steal them and didn't pay them too much attention, to be honest, until now. Until today. Yeah, so I mean, you know what, you know what occurred to me when I was kind of like reading up, re- like rereading these and doing, you know, my due diligence for this episode? This is, I and correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the last time they had this kind of like setup with a like Transformers like series where the cartoon and the comic told two different, completely different stories? Like, I think after this, they try to have more like synergy and like if there's a cartoon the com any comics they produce are just kind of like ties to the cartoon, like basically. Like I think this is kind of the last time they do this. I- am I right? Like I I feel like I'm at a loss. Like what what comics are you talking about that actually m- mirror a cartoon? Like like that, that happened yeah. after this. Like like Transformers, like Prime and stuff had like tie in comics, but oh, like, you okay. know but those the, were those they, were they, they, those were 
synchronous or yeah, in synergy uh-huh. with like, with the show. Okay. And the Bay okay. movies had like you know tie-in comics, but they were mostly okay. you know they were intended to be. I'm sure there's plenty of continuity errors, but they were intended to be like synchronous. But like yeah, like I mean you know Marvel and Sunbow, and then you've got like Dreamwave, Armada, and Energon and the animes. So I mean I think this is the last time we had this kind of setup. So like I thought that was kind of significant, but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, I think when we last talked about like the last arc of Armada, we were all pretty like grooving on it. Like, you know, Worlds Collide was a great like, you know, finale. And, you know, it left me really excited to continue into like this this uh, era. And, you know, no matter how Energon as a whole ended up like, I mean, the TV show was infamously like, you know, known to be like a have a weak ending and be generally weak overall. Like, I mean, I think this comic still kept up my like enthusiasm for like the property at least. So, I mean, well, let me, um, I, I got the wiki page up for like the Energon comic. So let me just read a little, a brief, like, uh, you know, overview of it. And then we'll like actually get into talking about what happens in those issues. But, uh, um, following the Dreamwave production series Armada, the Transformers Energon storyline commenced beginning with issue 19 set 10 years after the end of the Armada era. The series follows many of the same characters as they meet new allies and deal with new threats. With the bankruptcy of Dreamwave, this series was abruptly canceled. Uh, This story follows several plot lines. The childlike Omnicons attempts to learn their way in the world. The attack of Unicron's four horsemen on Cybertron. The attempts of Megatron to forge himself a new body out of Unicron's husk. And the attack of the Energon ravenous Terrorcons. The Energon series was planned to have an 18-issue arc, as did the Armada series. However, Energon and all ongoing series were cut short due to Dream Moves shut down. We know about that. Okay. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I just said. But, uh, yeah, so um, this is, like, you know, we're going to, tonight we're going to talk about issues 19 through 24 of Energon, which kind of comprise, like, the first arc. I mean, like, you know, 19 is kind of a prelude issue and 24 is kind of a standalone character focused issue. But they they there is a, you know, a through line, I think, of connective tissue through all six of them. But uh, but yeah, like, I mean, let's I guess we'll start with, you know, 19 and like uh, it's I, I guess it's, you know, there's there's more of a direct through line with this in the Armada comic than the TV show was because, you know, the, this came out the month after number 18. And I, I think there's a lot more connective tissue where, you know, some characters like Optimus is, are, they're still in their old Armada bodies and stuff. So, you know, this, this feels like more of a direct con- continuation and stuff. And, you know, you've got Starscream still hanging around for the time being, but, uh, but I don't know, like Derek, like what is your, what do you, I mean, do you, do you remember anything like, you know, at the time that was significant to you or rereading it or. I, I was trying to remember like how I felt about it. I think, I guess since you brought it up, I think I was, you know, again, used to the comic, not matching a hundred percent to the, the cartoons, you know, all the way back to the Marvel comics. So I think if there were distinctions or discrepancies or whatever, then I, you know, I mean, it, it, to me, it, it kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, what do they call it? Roll, rolled off my back like a duck in water type thing, you know, like I wasn't, you know, that that didn't trip me up or anything like that. 
I don't know. I, I was trying to think about it. Like I was telling Justin just for funsies, I was trying to rewatch, you know, some of my Energon DVDs to just remind myself, you know, what the show was like. And, and for me, I, I feel like maybe I'm unique in that as much as that show may have been, I don't know, reviled or whatever. Like I, I got through that whole show. Like I never stopped watching it. I think this time around, I was telling Justin, my head kind of hurt when I got through the first two discs. And then I started watching another disc today and they go out into space. And then that kind of gave me a reprieve because, you know, I like space. So, like, that was fine in this. I I mean, I've got specific notes about everything. I, I, I do think the thing you mentioned about the 10 year time gap is helpful. Like, I mean, if if characters look different or if they get new bodies or whatever the deal is like, like it, it's interesting that they I don't know, so, some things they felt the need to over explain, like where it's like Prime has his old body and he gets a new body. But I don't think like Hot Shots in his old body, it's almost like Hot Shot grew up to look like Energon Hotshot somehow. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's been 10 years, so he looks different, just like, you know, we'll see in a couple issues, you know, Rad and uh, Carlos and and Alexis are now, what, like, in their 20s, maybe, or or adult teen years or something like that, you know, as opposed to the, the kids they were in Armada. But, I mean, just in general, like... I, I think what we I think Justin had asked us, like, is it better than the show? And we said, yes, but barely. Right. Like, I think that was our I think that was our official response to Justin. Like, it's not this is I don't know, uh, just a broad overview. This is not as I don't know, intriguing and or grounded to me as the Armada comics were, but it, it, it does try to continue some of that. I think for me, like just, and again, with a broad overview and I'll get into specifics later, some of that, not all of it, but some of it falls flat just because of the show. Like just be, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like, I, I, I was trying to think of some way to, to describe it. And, and what I came up with was, like, you know, like, cause I, I, I was, I think I was specifically thinking of Ironhide and I was like, oh, Ironhide, you know, we'll see is this, you know, POW, a prisoner of war. And, and, and that felt to me like how they, they put that veneer of heavy reality onto the mini cons in Armada, but it's fucking Ironhide, like from that show. And I'm kind of like, it's like trying to convince me that Jerry Lewis was a fucking POW or something, you know, like where you're like, Freud Levin, you know, I'm a POW or whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, you know, and that's that's how Ironhide is on the fucking show to me. So it's it's like it's difficult for me to, pro- you know, like like in other words, like it's unfortunate, but it's like that's that's an extremely hard sell. Like, like I get what they were going for. It should by all rights work, you know, and, and I should be able to, I don't know, uh, not, not be married to one version or the other. I should be able to sort of separate it and say, Oh no, this is a, this, this is a unique way to, to play that character and address it and whatever. But for whatever reason, just because I think, I don't know. And maybe it's me too. Like, don't you think this comic is more similar 
to the show. I mean, the plot's the same. Like, I mean, there's there's differences, but not not so many differences that it's like it, it it's completely its own little thing. Like like if you didn't know any better, I mean, you could almost fudge it to where you know certain things you'd be like, oh well, is, maybe this is just what happens before the cartoon starts or something. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that it fits that smoothly, but I just think this arc in particular just shares a lot of whether it's like characters or plot points or motivations. It's like, oh, we're getting Energon because it's called Energon and we're getting Energon to, you know, rebuild Unicron. I mean, that's I mean, that's true in the show and it's kind of true of the plot in this, you know. But if there's if there's distinctions, right, you, you could point to things like, oh, well, you know, we go through this whole six issue arc and and, you know, technically, you know, I guess Megatron or Galvatron or whatever we're calling him. Right. But but, you know, there, there's covers of him. He makes appearances or his body makes appearances. But in this entire arc, I mean, for all intents and purposes, which makes sense because Simon Furman's writing it, it's it's Scorponok that is really leading the Decepticons at this point, right? So that's that's unique. That's a distinction per se. But even in the show, I mean, as goofy as it was, you know, there were like four or five episodes before they resurrect Megatron, right? Like like th- that, that Scorponok was le- leading all these cannon fodder armies as opposed to like character-specific armies. So I don't know. That, that That's just my kind of immediate I- take that they're not they're not so far divorced from one another. I I was just going to say, like, I think plot wise, that's true. Like, I think the general beats of the plot are basically the same. I think, I think what this has over the TV show is character though. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying about Ironhide, but I think like, there's no comparison. Like, I think this Ironhide is a far superior character than the TV show Ironhide, who is, I mean, he, his whole, on the TV show, his whole character is just clueless rookie. Like, and, and, right, and this, right. like, we'll see that he has an actual backstory and like motive, actual motivation and shit. So, and and you know, all the terror cons are not like mindless drones. They're right, characters. right. They they have they have unique characters. And yeah. e- even like you know, the Omnicons are like on the show. They just showed up to give people power ups and shit. But I mean, here they're you know they have a actual like arc sort of so. But yeah, like, I mean, Justin, what was your like, you know, at least of like the first issue, like what what was your like first impression? One of them you just mentioned is the change in Ironhide. My memory of the show is kind of fuzzy because I haven't sat down and watched it since it originally aired. And when it was on the air, I had a lot going on. Like, you know, I was I got my uh, first job. I moved. I got engaged. I had a lot going on. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to just sit down and devote to TV shows that I was trying to keep up with. And this is one of them. But my memory is that Ironhide and Energon was near unbearable. Just this awful, (laughs) you know, like you said, character who is just kind of always clueless and has that like dull surprise, awful CGI expression on his face. So in here, I was like, Oh, he he's not like that at all. I mean, he's still got that rookie aspect, but it's not like 
unbearable and especially like the issue where he's uh, facing off against tidal wave like i thought that was really good i was like where was all that characterization in the cartoon going back to something you all mentioned earlier is continuity like that's one of the things i appreciate about this comic you know in the first issue we see prime is still in his uh armada body with the recolor starscream is still in his uh armada body so there's a lot of like little connective tissues that'll kind of help us along the way. I mean, I I never cared for Inner John Prime's look, but he looks good on paper, like on this comic. I was like, oh, it's drawn pretty nicely in comic. It's a shame about the toy and the CGI <laughs> piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, like I said, my my memory of the show is fuzzy. I don't remember liking much of it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was. I guess it was just at the time. It was one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, I like Transformers, so I'll try to keep up with it." Sometimes you kind of have to like power through some of that stuff. But um, just reading these six issues, like this is already, in my opinion, like vastly superior to anything the show ever crapped out. On on Armada, at least, I mean, like like Tidal Wave didn't feature at all in the in the comic, but like on the show, he was a pretty significant presence. But I mean, he was you know a cartoonish kind of character, just kind of walked yeah. around and said his own name like over and over again. Tidal Wave, Tidal. I mean, here at least he's like, I mean, he may be a generic like sort of Furman Decepticon thug or whatever, but I think he's got a lot more personality. Like so, like yeah. I kind of appreciated that, yeah. And like I, I, I like you know all, all you know Furman. They don't say much, but like you get a you know pretty good uh, in this first arc at least. You get a pretty good impression about like you know the other terror cons and like you know like dive bomb is sort of the smart one. And then I love like even though he only gets a few lines, I love cruel lock because like does that when Starscream like gets sucked into the grinder in the very first episode and like gets all ground up or whatever, like there's that shot of cruel lock, like looking down and watching it and he goes like outstanding. Like, <laughs> and like I, every time I read that line and even back when I read it back, when that issue first came out, I heard it as the mortal combat announcer voice. <laughs> like, outstanding. Like, so uh-huh. that, that always kind of endeared me to like cruel lock a little bit in these like issues, even though he doesn't like, you know, do a whole, lot outstanding but yeah like so i i appreciate Furman's like attempt to like you know give everyone better characterization like you know like like you said i think you know at gunpoint like energon ironhide would be my least favorite transformers character like ever and that but that only exclusively applies to the cartoon where you know he's you know he's freaking matt hill like he's like whoa i'm ironhide dude like you know, <laughs> Like, Sakura! Oh, like, yeah, uh-huh. And, like, he, he has in, like, what is Energon? Like, 50 episodes? Like, yeah. he has no characterization in those episodes. He's just the dumb rookie. He never learns a thing. Like, I think I always joke, like, the last episode of Energon, it's like he gets his ass beat by Scorponok, and Scorponok has to drag him to the final battle. And like, and like, you know, prop him up for the final battle. It's like, what the, I don't know. But like here, at least, like, I, I think I, you know, once you hear his backstory, like, and he's an actual specialist, he's an engineer, like he has a function and a place in the story. And, you know, he has a pretty 
decent backstory so you can actually connect to him as a character so like i you know i was like i kind of wish they had that in the cartoon but they didn't and you know and my my dislike of the character is not mitigated by this portrayal of him but it it certainly you know it does everything i hate about that character comes from the cartoon so were carlos red and alexis in energon because I don't remember yeah. them being, were they? Yes. I just remember they, Kicker and some they, other chick, right? Yeah, Kicker and Misa were the Misa, main yeah. human Misha, characters yeah. that, that they followed, right? But then, um, yeah. but then well, Rad, Rad and Carlos were still. I don't know. Rad, Rad and Carlos, I feel are are fairly similar. Like they're they're, they're kind for of Doctor Jones. Yeah, yeah, they work for Doctor Jones, and 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 Carlos is still doing satellite bullshit. So it's not. It's not all that different from the comic. Alexis book. is like the Alexis o- total is like opposite. night and day. Like like I was I, gonna my, ask. My my note on that is like Rad and Carlos got real jobs and Alexis became an SJW protester <laughs> instead of the fucking cartoon where she's like some kind of elected official, like where she's hmm. she actually like you know is important like like the she's the one that like you know comes in and tells them to evacuate uh what is it ocean city i guess because they had all those generic names in the cartoons for where they're harvesting energon and shit and so like then then when they're like oh the terracons are all going to come and attack and all that other stuff she's like okay like i'm here to like announce that and tell all the the human people to evacuate and that's when kicker's like fuck this i'm staying you know like but but everybody else you know evacuates ocean city when that first attack is announced and she's the one you know telling them that whereas in this in in this comic book like she it's interesting you can tell their paths i mean Mostly Rad, but Carlos and Rad still are kind of hung up on Alexis, right? They still think she's cute, but you could tell their paths diverged in that ten years. Like they, they like they were in grade school, and and maybe they were in high school, but it's been like at least a couple years. Do you know what I mean? Because she's off doing her own thing or whatever, right? Like, and I mean, I don't know, like, like there's like, I, cause I, I guess we're kind of talking about the, the story proper now or whatever, but like for me, like the, the differences, uh, are, are pretty stark. I mean, we can go into them, but like, for me, like the things that stood out was like, I guess on the show, Megatron spark was like, still around in Unicron or something, but in this, it's more like Prime's the one that's talking to him in the the Cybertronian hub, you know? So, like, that's unique and different. That's something that doesn't ever come up in the cartoon at all. And, and, and it's unique that Megatron's reaching out to Prime instead of, you know, having his Decepticons, like, I don't know, reactivate him or resuscitate him or whatever, right? And he's trying to warn Prime about Unicron wanting the Energon on Earth. And and to me, I, and I don't know how you guys took this or not, so maybe it's open for interpretation, but I, I always kind of felt like this comic treated Energon like any other Transformers comic. Like, it was almost a a given statement that like, yeah, duh, of course, transformers run on energon. Like, like 
that it's not something new or unique or special or whatever. But I always kind of felt like the cartoon, like kind of like, in other words, because it was called Transformers Energon, it almost seemed like I'm Dr. Jones and this is my son, Kicker, and, and we've been harvesting energon and i made all these great discoveries and here's some energon mining in ocean city and here's some energon mining in fucking jungle city or whatever the hell they called it right and it just i don't know why like i i even though they later find energon out there in space and more energon for unicron i just got the vibe like this is the first time they ever considered harvesting earth on or harvesting energon on earth like that, that until Kicker and Dr. Jones got involved, no, nobody on Earth and no Transformer realized that there was Energon on Earth. Whereas, I don't know, I kind of feel like in the comic, they just kind of, you know, think like, oh, yeah, Energon, like, duh, like Energon's everywhere. Like it's on Earth. It's in fucking space. It's, you know, and, and we've always been harvesting it. Like, but now all of a sudden it's like being used for for Unicron or something, but I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I don't remember if Energon is ever referenced at all in like Armada, like, you know, in the cartoon or the like comic, like, yeah, like, like you said, I think it was just a given maybe in the yeah. comic or whatever, but yeah, that, yeah, that's what it, it felt like, like that. They were just like, yeah, Energon, duh, of course, of course we harvest Energon, you know? And then, yeah, and when the cartoon, it's, like, treated as this, like, super magical power-up mm -hmm. shit that the mm -hmm. Omnicons can, like, harvest and, like, give them, you know, the little Energon star. Give them your Energon star! Yeah. You know, uh -huh. like, that's that's basically what... Their little, uh, I feel like, you know, they gotta play the Mario music when they get their star. Like, that kind of thing. But here, I... it's just, like, yeah. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, it's like um, clearly Optimus, you know, as soon as Optimus gets that message from like Alpha Trion or, you know, whoever in the hub, he says, oh, there's a new like a vein of Energon on Earth. Like, that's why we got to go to Earth. Like, right, OK, right, so he already right. knows what it is. Like, Yeah, yeah. They, they seem to know what it is already. It's not like it's some brand new thing. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, the, the other thing I was just going to bring up just because it, it was not anything that had existed when this first came out, but it exists now, like all these IDW comics and stuff like that. And I just thought it'd be worth pointing out that reintegration between, you know, I guess Autobots, Decepticons and, and potentially non-combatants is not unique to IDW. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it doesn't, they don't spend a lot of time on it, but when primes, you know, in his, I guess, grayscale armada mode or whatever you want to call it and he's talking to the council i mean they they bring up the idea of reintegration and like that's interesting to me too because that th that's that part of the story that is not touched on very much gets touched on very heavily in in all the idw comics especially like robots in disguise and all that stuff that comes 
way, way later, right, as a concept of, like, the war's over, but now we all have to get along. So, like, Decepticons and Autobots and non-combatants, they all have to work side by side in a society, and how does that work, and how does that happen? And it's only given a little bit of lip service in this by the Council when Prime's talking to the Council, but it also made me think, of the early episodes of, and, and you know, maybe you, you do or don't remember this, but I mean, they don't say reintegration. They don't, they don't spell any of it out, but in the cartoon, Demolisher was working for the Autobots. Tidal Wave was working for the Autobots. Like once, once the war was over and they had nothing else to do, you know, the Autobots conscripted those Decepticons to work for them. And it wasn't until they started hearing about Unicron and possibly resurrecting Megatron and Scorponok conducted all those attacks on Ocean City that that they even thought about, uh, I don't know, disintegrating or what, you know, whatever you want to call it, like like basically going back to being full time Decepticons and everything. So I thought I don't know. I, I thought that whole concept, just even though it was mainly just given some lip service in the council meeting, was like an interesting concept that that maybe some of these Decepticons would have tried to, you know, move on with their lives in the 10 year time gap. And, and they might not have been, strictly speaking, you know, part of the Decepticon cause until you know, Scorponok and Megatron make their comeback. And then and then the other thing to mention, which which basically nineteen issue nineteen ends with the same ending as issue twenty, ironically. They both end with, you know, Beast Heralds, right? Like and and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, I I, I, I know we, we we kind of talked about it and and in some sense chastised it a bit in uh in transformers uh unicron right the idw you know phase two conclusion but here it is here and i guess the only reason why it's not as jarring is they're not really you know the you know it's rhinox but it's not the same rhinox from from beast wars right it's 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 these characters that we 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 saw very briefly in the armada comics right so I mean that that's something that I felt like it was worth bringing up. Yeah. I was just going to say on the idea of like, you know, the Decepticons reintegrating, like I like that line where Starscream's like, "Oh, like Thrust's all happy with his sheriff's badge." Like continuing, you know, Furman writing like comic book Thrust is like a cowboy like right, quick right. strike or whatever, like, you know, so but yeah, you're you're right. Like I, I mean, that's another like concept you said that like you know was kind of the same as the cartoon, but I think it has maybe a little more weight here and like consequence. But yeah, but yeah. uh, yeah, but yeah, I think I like spoiled it for Justin like when we talked about Armada. But yeah, now we're formally introduced to like the four horsemen of Unicron. And I guess, you know, we've kind of been transitioning into this, but like, you know, this is the the main the meat of the four part arc like of these issues we're talking about tonight. But uh, like, I mean, Justin, do you like have any thoughts about like the four horsemen of Unicron? They are cool. They are like, cool. I, this is another one of those things I wish was on the show. I think it would have helped immensely. Mm. I also thought it was interesting. They were all like. Beast Wars, 
they're they're like transmetals, right? Like because Rhinox is a transmetal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so is Air Razor. Yeah, they were all recolors of the transmetal toys. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Like I don't, maybe I missed it, but I couldn't see a clear panel of the Horseman Cheetor because they mentioned Cheetor, right? And I kept looking, and I was like, I think that's him in silhouette, but I don't remember seeing like a a close. He's up like or he's like purple and black. Like he looks like a panther instead of a cheetah now. So okay, but but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting concept, and it's kind of you know that. It kind of feels like a continuation of the, you know, the four that we met at the very end of Worlds Collide, which I thought was, you know, I thought that was a great idea. I was like, man, that's great. Like, I wish I'd read that. But, like, this feels like a a continuation. And it's also, uh, you know, whereas that was, like, more of a fun, multiversal, like, Easter egg for older fans. Like, this is kind of, I mean, it it is an Easter egg because it's, like, transmittal repaints or whatever. But it's also, it's, like... They're not um, multiversal. Like they even there's even dialogue about Rhinox specifically because, and I think we talked about this. Like we see Rhinox in like a few panels of like the last couple issues, and I was like, oh, that was Transmetal Rhinox. Like what the hell is he doing there? But like there's dialogue that that specifically calls him out, and they even talk about like he's you know he's going over to the bad side or whatever. Like he's a horse, and I was like, oh that's kind of neat. Like I hope I hope there's more. Of that, and I hope there's like way more of of uh, Unicron's four horsemen because I thought that was a really neat concept. I I think it's funny that Terrorsaur, like Armada Terrorsaur, is like a green like pterodactyl, and he becomes famine. And I was like an energy draining pterodactyl. Like, what is he Sauron like or something? Like, and then I was like, oh, but famine is also an X Men villain. So like, he's like a mix of all two X Men villains. But uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think I mentioned it last time, but like, I think Furman got that idea from a fan where he was like, oh, those four Armada beast recallers should be like the four horsemen of Unicron. And, you know, Furman went yoink and like used it in the comic. So like, yeah, it's, it's a cool concept. And I, I do wish <laughs> I guess it's a spoiler to tell you, but I do wish they had more to do in this book, but they really don't after this arc. So I guess they were going they were going to like have more to do, but then the book like ended. So like I, I have a I have another like show comic question. Like I don't remember Alpha Trion being on the show, but like he was here. Like it was he on the show? Is he does he have more to do in this comic besides giving Prime his you know, Energon mode, because I thought that was kind of, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of cool to see, like, an Energon version of Alpha Trion. Uh, he, he's not on the show, and I think I think even here, they don't even call him Alpha Trion. They call, like, he calls him, like, Sigma Omega or something. Like, and I, 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 like, I do wonder if that's, like, a, you know, Furman's not known for referencing the cartoon, so I do wonder if he, he just said, oh, it's, like, an ancient Autobot-looking guy, like, does, and, like, the artist just drew Alpha Trion or something. Like, so, I guess they, you know, just kind of winged it at that point, but... Uh, I, I- I also thought it was funny. Like, I think his first dialogue is like, welcome to the hub Optimus prime. And I was like the hub. I thought the hub was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's, that's why all the, that's why all wah, the council wah. members are like, we know nothing of this <laughs> hub. It was canceled long ago. Oh, another, I think another improvement on the cartoon 
like uh, front here is that like the Omnicons are like evolutions of the Minicons in the comic, which is like I think that's kind of like a specific like U.S. treatment thing that didn't make it into the Japanese treatment of the show because I think they don't mention anything about where the Omnicons like come from at least until not till maybe like later in the series and the cartoon and there's no link between them and the Minicons, but here it's like you know you've got Overrun and Overrun in the last. 10 years overruns become like a you know uh hippie guru like wired into the planet or whatever and he's like he he specifically says oh the omnicons are like an evolutionary step and like you know i think you know they all i don't recall anything any of them did like in the cartoon but here they they all have like are individuals with like you know personality quirks and stuff and I do love that whole, like, you know, speech quirk they have that, like, Furman has them, like, blurt out some kind of weird, like, static or something I think it's supposed to be before they talk. Where they're like, like, you know, before they talk or something. So, like, yeah. That, I, think yeah I thought are, that was an odd choice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I, I took to that. Like, that I thought was... I mean, I guess I guess it makes them stand out, but I just I I was kind of either annoyed with it or I felt like it was the the written version of like Minicon speak or something, you know? <laughs> Beep, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I think um, like I, I was just gonna say I think like Furman said that it's intended to be like some kind of weird energon static or something. Cause they, they're like, they can manipulate energon or something, but I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that's just something he, you know, didn't work out. So the real elephant in the room that I want to ask you guys is since they're on the continent of Australia is kicker Australian. It's like, kicker australian for beer like do you think he's australian <laughs> well he actually gets a real name in this like they call it, him Ch- chad i think is, is chad real. a real name is it really <laughs> when it comes to like the portrayal of the omnicons and the terracons like in the show like do you think they were do you think they chose to make them mindless because if they gave them personalities that would mean like more voice actors or voice actors with multiple roles and they just wanted to save money or, or I don't know, like I'm still, I, I, kind I, of, I would, I would say that like, and, and you haven't really mentioned column B, but I think it's a little of column A, which is what you mentioned and a little of column B, which is they, they needed like foot soldiers or some kind of, uh, you know, mi- mindless pace. disposable yeah. cannon fodder force okay. for people to fight with. And I think, I think, probably what you're saying is true i mean you know you know what's interesting though is all they like the the thing about the energon show that was really awful whether they hired you know enough people and it was somehow sag or i don't know if it was sag or not where you know they had to give people the three voices and you know all those union rules and stuff like that but the other thing that i always felt was shitty was and 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 why i mean it's really easy to to kind of like, you know, throw tomatoes at Matt Hill and be like, oh, dude, Matt Hill is, you know, Ironhide and Ironhide's awful. But man, like all those other guys sound like fucking trolls, too, where they're like, 
yeah, Optimus, let's go and do some stuff. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, that's not a voice. Like, that's like, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. They're, they, they all sound like little trolls or they're just like, all right, kicker, let's just go. You know, and I'm I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like so, some of that stuff <laughs> is ridiculously annoying, too. And I feel like. I, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know if that's a result of them hiring one guy and him trying to make his voice sound different or if it's just a result of him going, well, I can't sound like Hotshot or or Gary Chalk as prime or, or you know, I can't have a normal sounding voice. So I'm going to make my voice sound cartoony and goofy like and I, I yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, I, I can only imagine if if. The Terracons, like, pretend like they weren't cannon fodder and they were just unique. You know, oh, it's like, you know, uh, uh, David Kay's like, come here, Battle Ravage. Like, let me pet your head. And then all of a sudden, you know, some dipstick would come on and be like, grr, I'm Battle Ravage. Grr, I like <laughs> being pet. You know, and it's just like, I don't think, I don't think it would have mm. been like anything, uh, epic or unique or, or or awesome or whatever see now i'm now i'm imagining like kicker pointing at scorpion and, and he says it's big green <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck and he's like I yes the, big the green ocean, has the, come himself <laughs> <laughs> the ocean group's a little better than that i think but derek is right i mean i think you know, they, they always add dialogue where there isn't any in the Japanese version. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, like even like, you know, some of those guys who are supposed to be drones, they probably throw in like, hey, we're, we're, blah, 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 you know, like in the background. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I prefer both the Terracons and the Omnicons to be like individuals like they are in this yeah. comic than a bunch of drone armies like so. Were, were you I, I, this is a specifically a Justin question, but were you happy that issue 20 basically was the human focus issue, but they didn't have to sort of like stink up all the other issues if you didn't want to like kind of pay attention to the 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 human supporting cast all that much because that to me it seems like 20 introduces kicker you're introduced to dr jones you're reintroduced to rad alexis and carlos they have the whole uh, thing that we we mentioned liking about the earlier armada issues which is they're still good at displaying the scale where it's like you know you could see like alexis and kicker and then this like huge you know battle ravage chasing after them and you'd see like oh okay you know compared to organics you know transformers are are huge or whatever but like it was that something that you know you appreciated or are you still annoyed with the the human element in in energon like you were in armada or not believe it or not like the human element didn't annoy me at all with these six issues. Like okay. maybe it's because I now have like established back history with the human characters. Like I was like, Oh, it's been 10 years. Like I didn't, I, you know, didn't see that coming. I was like, well, where are the characters now? Like, who are they now that they're kind mm -hmm. of grown up? Like what's the relationship Did did they have a falling out? Like where's Fred and Billy? Like did they, I don't know, get married and fuck off somewhere? Did they, you know, die in a horrible skiing accident? <laughs> and then, like, 
all the stuff with Alexis, I was like kind of weirdly fascinated by because I was like, oh, she's like uh, just like a professional protester, it seems like. And then I know Rad made some kind of a joke about them having a relationship. And I was like, is he joking or not? Because she kind of like tells him to shut up like kind of quickly, it seemed like when he says that. And I was like, hmm. But uh, like, yeah, I, I wanted to know, like, in the ten years, like, what had they, you know, what kind of real, real world adventures had they had, like, without the Transformers? You know, were they still friends? Like, what, what, what exactly did their, what, what kind of course did their lives take, and how are they going to interact now that they've come back into each other's orbit, orbit through the Transformers? So, like, yeah, I didn't have any problem with the humans in this like kicker i was trying to like scratch my head and i was like okay kicker energon cartoon i kind of remember him i remember the toy i was like who was kicker like what was his goal i was like didn't he hate the transformers and then they kind of like never mentioned it like past uh episode 12 or something i was like i i couldn't remember the, the, thing about I, him and i didn't I, want to cheat and look at the wiki i'm i'm a i mean i i think i think i'm a, a kicker stan like i think i mm. like kicker like for whatever okay. goofy reason like i i i just thought his his autobot suit and in the cartoon his dad makes it for him and i think in this they give it to him which i thought was interesting but maybe filled with plot holes because they give him the suit to to protect him and i just thought well why aren't you giving like alexis and everybody else suits then like if all it's for is to protect them whereas you know in the cartoon he was supposed to be this energon savant right his hair would go super saiyan like you know uh yellow whenever energon was around he seemed to have this you know intuition about you know guys like alpha quinason and all this other stuff right but in I, I don't know that that carries over so much, even though he's still a pretty major player in this. But to me, the distinction was that in the in the cartoon, Kicker and Dr. Jones had a pre-established history with the Transformers. Like, even when you get to the first episode in Ocean City, the notion is they've been living in Ocean City for a long time. They've known the Transformers if we if we apply that same 10 year time gap that the comics had to to the cartoon, like presumably Kicker and, and at least in the cartoon, Kicker and Dr. Jones knew the Transformers for at least 10 years. You know what I mean? Like they, they basically ever since there, there's like a flashback to when Kicker's like six and they're and and Dr. Jones doesn't have his little goatee or whatever the hell it is. Right. So so then he's, quote unquote, younger. Right. Because he, he doesn't have that facial hair or whatever. Right. And and they 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 step off the first ship. Uh, I think I think they go back to Cybertron even and they step off the first ship and kickers like cowering behind his father. You know, he's like afraid of. The Transformers, even though it's like and, it, and his dad's like, look, this is Optimus Prime. It's OK. They, they were here to protect us. And yeah, so Kicker had that. I, I don't think he hated the Transformers, but I mean, he was sort of exposed to them at a young age. And I almost thought like Kicker's like another version of. Uh, 
of Jean, like from Victory, like where it's like a human kid, and 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 Kicker didn't lose his father, like like Jean did, right? Where the the you know Star Saber was raising him, you know, because it's like Star Saber would show up and be like. I'm sorry, Miss Nunn, like, uh, the boy is by responsibility, like, in that whole thing, like, when, when Gene was going to school and stuff, so it's not quite that extreme, but there is that notion that, like, the Kicker and Optimus have, like, that kind of relationship on the cartoon, where it's like, you know, it, it's almost like, he's like his his second dad or something, you know what I mean? Like, they've they've lived together that long, whereas in this... In the in the in the comic, I think Kicker didn't grow up with them. It's like it's like they're all encountering one another for the first time. Like I think Doctor Jones specifically has a line. Like it, it's so that Rad can give the exposition of, "Oh yeah, me and Carlos, like we knew the Transformers way back when. Like, and it's going to be bad news if those Decepticons attack or what." You know, like he's explaining this to Doctor Jones, so you could tell. In this, Dr. Jones and Kicker have never met a Transformer until issue 20, like until the 10 years have gone by or whatever. So, like, I I found that kind of an interesting distinction between the characters and everything. Like, and I mean, as far as like the other characters, I, I did think it was interesting to pick up with Alexis, Carlos and Rad after those 10 years. I feel like Rad grew up to be Matt Tracker from Mask. Like if you look at his like outfit and everything, and he's got his little like car that he drives around in and everything like that. So I I was like, oh dude, Rad became Matt Tracker, and and he's a he's a masked crusader fighting crime think, overtime. I think the difference between them in this comic and in the cartoon is in the cartoon they were just like window dressing kind of. It's like oh hey, mm-hmm. it's Rad, mm-hmm. Carlos, and Alexis, and they're still you know they're alive, they're older, they're still working with the Autobots, but they're not the main like characters. No. Here they are, yeah. they are integral to the plot. Like they are actually like participating in the plot, and I think. I, it must be. I, I I got the feeling that like Carlos and Rad hadn't seen Alexis since like high school or something. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. That, that I, I like I like the bit where Brad sees her through the binoculars and he's like, "That's Alexis!" Like, whoop, whoop. like you know, I can't do the whistle. Yeah, thank you. Okay, but like she, she grew up. Like you know, she she grew up and she looks hot for little SJW protester. Alexis, long time no see, young lady. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> Why, just look at you. I remember you when you were just a teenager. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite part in issue 20 was because, you know, she's still going on about her protest stuff or whatever. And and I think it's like Battle Ravage that's chasing after them. And Kicker's like, I, I could hear Brad Swale, you know, like, I don't think he cares about the environment. Get over it. What do you guys think of um I did we haven't talked about it yet. Well, Justin kind of mentioned like, you know, you've got Guido Giddy like doing a lot of the art and uh you know, like I like Justin said, I think he draws like Energon Optimus like a lot. Like he redistributes Energon Optimus's oh, yeah. weight weight a lot better like, you know, so he you know, I he's mean, got that, a more that's the, heroic that's the... build. That's the nicest Fatimus Prime has ever looked because he's like Slimimus Prime or whatever. Like yeah. that's that's basically like like he he draws that design like in in such a sleek manner that you almost forget 
how awful the actual toy looks. Like he uh-huh. makes it look cool. Yeah. He, he makes it look like you'd regret steel jaw, like blowing it up like, or whatever. <laughs> so, right. but uh, what, what do you guys think of uh, Joe Nigg's art? Because he does like a couple issues in between like Beto Giddy's, uh, pages and or issues and like he's joe nigg's like another like dream wave kind of like you know graduate like i i think you know i think he's better than pat lee but i think he he has some of the same like you know like failings as like pat lee's like stable of artists maybe sometimes i really like that issue he illustrated i think it's issue 21 like i thought like especially there's um i think there's someone that opens with like kind of a battle where the horsemen show up. Like, yeah, I that's the that horsemen really, issue. Yep. Yeah, I thought that, like, some of those battle sequences and everything, I thought that was, like, some really great artwork. I was like, who is this? This isn't Guidi. And I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I, I thought those were some, or I thought his issue was really great, to be honest. I, yeah. liked, I liked some of the, the perspectives, and I thought, like, it was, it was, like, really ambitious. Like, like, uh, and maybe that's what you mean by like the whole, like, you know, maybe like trying to be like Pat Lee and, 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 you know, maybe from your perspective, it it comes with some of those same failings or maybe certain things didn't get pulled off. But like, I kind of liked when like, you know, like what I mean by that is like when like uh, Kicker and Alexis are in that little uh, I don't know, ditch or cave or whatever. And battle ravage is like leaping over them. It's like stuff, stuff like that. I thought was like unique because it was like, you know, you know what it reminded me of? It was like, it, it just seemed like they, they tried to make something where it reminded me of like the, uh, the, what is it? Like the 2014 Godzilla movie where like everything was done from the perspective of the people, you know, it's like you, you know, it was almost like it was trying to be like this Blair Witch reality thing where they were like shooting Godzilla attacking a city. And I feel like a lot of the camera perspectives were something like that. Like, like if you, if it like when, when he finally, when prime finally becomes like power links prime, it's not so much like, someone's looking up at him but you 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 almost feel like somebody's on the balcony somewhere some tourist is on the balcony somewhere and taking a photo of him from that angle because they're a little higher than him but like guys like hotshot like power linking with inferno like all, all that stuff just seemed to me to be like this attempt to sort of not only display like scale, but like also have it be from like this bird's eye human view, if that makes sense. And I, I, I don't know, like that I thought was ambitious. I'm not, I'm not saying like, I thought all of it was like excellent or great, but, but I just thought like, Oh, that's, you know, I mean, you know, to me, at least he's, he's making dynamic. He knows decisions, right? Like like at at the very least, he knows where to place the camera in most. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do love like speaking of like the sort of uplit like shots. Like I do love that that scene of uh, Rad and Hotshot like reuniting where, you know, Hotshot's like, you know, hey, dude, like you got big like and Rad's like, well, relatively speaking, like, but it's good to see you again. Like, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think like maybe I came off as overly critical, but I I just thought like like I think he had he's a much better artist than like Pat Lee is, but at the same time, maybe maybe it's that like house style being reinforced or something. But I feel like you I know, mean I, maybe maybe I'm uh, easier going, but I mean I I feel like that was enforced on Guido Giddy too, though, right? Like it it was funny because I I as a goof I posted one of the images in, in a chat I was in. And the first thing someone said to me was, is that, is that from dark minds? Is that Pat Lee? And I said, well, you're close. It's, it's Guido Giddy and it's from transformers Energon. But like, I, I could easily see why somebody would confuse that because you, you almost feel like whether it's, um, you know, Ing or, or, uh, Guido Giddy, like that there was that kind of attempt to sort of be like, hey, you know, uh, try to make this look like Pat Lee or at least if not look like Pat Lee, you know, try to make this look like the anime. You know what I mean? Like the like the cartoon. Right. Is it pronounced ing? Like, I, I think I, I always said Nig, but like, yeah, it's probably I, I always get confused because because I, I think what you're supposed to I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, too. But like, I think when 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 it's uh, N-G-U-Y-E-N, it's actually Gwyn. So I don't know. It might even be I mean, I might be saying it wrong, too. It might it might just be G or something you know, or Gwyn or you know yeah. what I mean? Like like because because I, I think I think technically like if it's a longer name, I think the N is completely silent. Like I think if, it, like I said, if it was N G U Y E N, I think it would just be Gwyn. You know, like yeah. And, and so I've, I don't think I've ever heard it spoken out loud. So I yeah. always just yeah. But in whatever case, and then you got and go keeping on like you know the the track of uh, art. Like you've got James Reyes returning to uh, pencil issue twenty four. And like that's one of the last things he he penciled for Dreamwave, and I think I mentioned it in a previous episode that he stopped taking jobs from Dreamwave because even like early on he felt like they wouldn't be able to pay him on a consistent basis. So, mm. but uh, like you know, I've always liked James Reyes's art, and like I think that issue twenty four is a standout issue altogether. So, like I like I said, I think that that kind of somewhat redeems Ironhide, at least in like the inner the comic incarnation of him for me. But then you got you, like you said earlier, Derek, you know, it's a little heavier subject matter between him and Tidal Wave, like, you know, his his tragic backstory. Yeah. I mean that that is that is kind of heavy. Uh I mean like and I don't mean to downplay it but like i said like and, and like i said it's unfortunate but i i did feel like there was something lopsided to it you know because of his cartoon portrayal you know where i was like oh damn like like they're trying to convince me that you know again like that jerry lewis was a pow it's like somebody who's like super duper annoying now you it, it, it'd be like you know, to me, I'm like, I'm like, it's like you, if it's the most annoying person ever and you put them in the prison drama Oz and then they get butt raped, I'm like, I'm supposed to feel like at least if not empathy, like at least feel like kind of like, oh, man, that guy got a raw deal. Right. Like, but but it, it, it's like it's like there is that weird thing where because you hate that cartoon portrayal so much, it's almost like. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, like, like there's that weird aspect where you're like, 
yeah, so what, Iron? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, but, but, but it is it, like if if you take it at face value and you sort of ignore any of those prejudices from from the cartoon interpretation, like if you just see like a character that was an engineer and then was was constantly manipulated into doing things for the Decepticon cause because he just didn't want other people to get hurt, but he ended up hurting more people because he, you know, acquiesced to their demands, right? And then I, I guess it's supposed to be this arc where he... You know, it's supposed to be cathartic when he's finally like saying hell no. And he starts, you know, beating on Tidal Wave. I forget who it is that he's fighting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And, and 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 that that he's like, oh, enough, you know, like no more, no more. But it's like it's like it, it, I think I think when when Tidal Wave keeps calling him squirt, like that's almost as like awful as when um, Getaway calls uh, Tailgate Sport. You know what I mean? Like there's this weird um violation aspect to it where you feel like it, you know that that it's like predatory it, yeah yeah like like that that you know not only did he did tidal wave make him you know do uh some kind of engineering acts that that harmed his fellow autobots but you, you almost get the vibe like that that tidal wave like you know molested him or something when he was in prison or at least at least tortured or, or, you know, did things say, that, like tidal that, wave does tidal wave does say like, Oh, I, I still own you like body right, and soul right, or whatever. Right. So, like, yeah. And, and it's this very, almost. yeah, it's, it's, it's a very heavy conceptual, you know, thing to, to, you know, and, and I guess what I was trying to get at was like, if you, if you hate the cartoon character so much, then then th- there might be some aspect of schadenfreude in that. But if you're just looking at it like a human being, right, and seeing like, oh, there's somebody suffering, you're like, clearly you're like, oh, that sucks. And and presumably you should be happy to see that, that uh, you know, Ironhide in the comic, you know, uh, overcomes that, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but that that block that that, you know, Tidal Wave created for him. Know what I thought was a little oddity that I don't know if it worked too well, but maybe I can like no prize it or whatever is like maybe it's just hot shot like throwing his weight around or whatever. But he he keeps calling Ironhide lad. And I'm like, dude, you're not that old. Like, you know, you're not like cop or whatever. Like, you know, but like I I feel like that's just like in, you know, something a much older person would call like a, a younger like, you know, rookie or whatever. But. Maybe that's a way to, you know, just a quick one-off way to establish that he's older, but not. I mean, they they had fun with it too, because wasn't there that that exchange of dialogue where they they say, oh, uh, he, he, you know, he's he, Ironhide's going with them, and he's like, oh, I'm so thrilled to be on the mission, and they're like, no, it's not a mission. This is just like an intelligence gathering, you know, thing. And yeah. he's trying to like sort of calm them down. But even later on, eventually, Hotshot's kind of like, well, on this mission, I mean, intelligence gathering thing. You know what I mean? So you could tell, like, there. I I think maybe it's like when a frat, like, uh, you know. Not roughhousing, but like you know, they they uh, 
I don't know what the word I'm thinking of is, the, 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 w- w- you know, when they go through like the hazing, hazing. There you go. Thanks. Like, like, I, I just think it's like subtle hazing, like, like basically Hotshot's not the new kid anymore. So he gets to sort of do a little hazing to the new new kid. Right. Like, like that. That's all, you know, maybe hazing displacement or something, you know. Well, it's time to go, Ironhide. Right, sir. And if you do a good job, buddy, I'll make sure Optimus knows about it. Are you serious, sir? Yeah. Oh, you don't know how much I appreciate that, sir. And I promise I'll do my best. Hey, just relax. Would you quit calling me, sir? But yeah, I mean, this was this was the opening arc of Energon. And like I said, there's, there's a pretty strong connective tissue between, like, through all six issues. And they, even though, like, you know, issue 24 is kind of a spotlight issue for Ironhide. But uh, yeah, then the the second half of Energon, like the next six issues, is a, is a much more, uh, I don't know, like maybe approaching worlds collide, like epic kind of storyline. So, and uh, you know, obviously we'll get into that next time. But do you guys have any like final thoughts about like this opening, these opening six issues? I was surprised at how much I enjoy reading this. I mean. I guess I shouldn't be because I really enjoyed the uh, issues that we read a while back. So I don't know, I don't know why I was surprised, but I like, I sat down to read these six issues and I, you know, I took my time. I read everything. I didn't, you know, I didn't breeze through them like they were like some bendis piece of junk. But like, I read these six issues and I was like, oh, I kind of like I wanted to keep reading, but I was like, no, I, I I should probably wait and you know save those for the next show. But I, you know. I, I really enjoyed reading these. It's and it's a shame that it uh, was left hanging. How, however, I, I do feel like we're setting you up for disappointment, Justin. <laughs> like you know, uh, it's okay. I guess I, I've had uh, many disappointments in my life, and this will just be one of many, a minor one, I guess. But that's okay. I, I guess my final thing might just be a question, and I, I'm not sure if there's any answer to it. But like, had Dreamwave not collapsed right like and they had done this entire you know 18 issue arc and they got to do the last you know six issue arc do you do you think like you know whatever what what would they have been on issue like uh you know 40 something or whatever you know like do you think uh, it, it would have ended at 36 i believe 36 do you do you think they w- would have tried to continue with cybertron had they Still had the license. That, like would would issue thirty seven be Cybertron or something? We we I guess we'll get into it next time. But that was the plan. Like oh, like okay. there okay. like you know next time we we will talk like you know the final six issues of Energon. But on the TF Wiki there are complete summaries for the remaining six issues of Energon that were never published. Like like Simon Furman like posted all the summaries on his blog and like the wiki documented them. So you can see what he intended to do. And like, you know, issue 36 would have directly led into a setup that was like similar to, you know, what the Cybertron TV show would have been. You know, there's a big black hole or whatever. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Cool. But yeah, so, uh, you know, that was our first half of Dreamwave Energon. And, you know, like I said, next next episode will cover uh, issues 25 through 30. And like I said, maybe we'll discuss if you guys want to read the summaries for what would have happened. We can discuss maybe a little of that, too. So, uh, yeah, Derek, why don't you uh, see us out? 
If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can download, direct download, all the backlog of episodes for Transformers Tuesdays over on the blog spot. That's fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We're, of course, on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Awesome. So this is Mike saying good night. This is Derek, Derek WC. Oh, fuck you. Signing off. <laughs> this is Justin. I'm going to protest Derek's statements from now on. Transformers more than meets the eye. God, like in those early Energon like uh, episodes, like every two seconds, Kicker's like Alpha Q, Alpha Q, Alpha Q, Alpha Q. <laughs> every everybody's like that. Yeah. Even the trolley guys. What you think something's going on with Alpha Q? <laughs> 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 like, uh, fuck. Damn. Damn. Makes me laugh. Makes me laugh. They're like, help me, I'll fuck you. <laughs> it's, like, it's always good when it when it makes because sometimes it doesn't make any sense for they're like, look, it's Megatron and I'll fuck you. You know, it's like, well, that doesn't that doesn't quite fit. But you know, sometimes every once in a while, it totally does fit. You start giggling like an idiot. And at most of the time, like I, I think, eventually they start just calling him Alpha Quintazon, like just yeah, to avoid yeah. that because they yeah, realized yeah. it too. They realized what was going on. <laughs>